The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Gail Leach, author of The Art of Pickleball, and here's the host of The Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Gail, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen. I'm your host, and today is Listener Question Day. I need help answering these listener questions, I can tell you that. So I've assembled a a good panel for us today, and uh, about the only question I could probably handle on my own would be something like, uh, um, how does it feel to be leading in a game 9-1 to and then lose the game 11-9? to That one I could answer by myself, but uh, for the rest of them, I need some help. And I've got uh, some great help indeed. Melissa McCurley from PickleballTournaments.com and Wayne Mugley, legendary referee and all-around pickleball aficionado. Welcome to you both. Hey, thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for offering it. I really appreciate you making time, and I sure, I'm sure the listeners do too. Today is Listener Question Day. We're going to answer questions from listeners. They've called in, they've written in, and uh, lots of different things on a variety of topics they want to know. And we're going to start out with an email question here. This first one comes from Tom in Bethesda, Maryland. And Tom says, I wear two knee braces and am not the fastest guy on the court. Oftentimes, people will hit drop shots on me before I can make it up to the kitchen. What is the best way to avoid this? Tom, thank you for the question. Wayne, what do you think? Well, if you're talking the third shot, if it's your second shot, uh, don't hit it back hard and low because you don't have the time to get in. You can, you know, if you hit it like me, I have the same problem. I'm slow, old knee problems. <laughs> so I tend, I tend to lob it up high, return it high and deep. So I can walk in, and then you're there set for the drop shot. Uh, but if you're running, if you hit it back low and hard, remember you've already got your swing through. You've got to get yourself set to run in there. By that time he's lobbing it, you're going to be late, especially if you're slow and low or old like I am. So I tend to be lazy, and I'll just throw it back deep. Uh, the good players you can't hit through, so if you put it back deep, walk in, get ready for the drop shot, and be there. Now, some people say you should never lob from the baseline. Do you agree with that, or is it a it-depends type of an answer? It depends. Uh, if you're in the wind, of course, no. Uh, if you're playing in the wind, no. I'm not saying lob the return. I'm saying put you know put a good high arch on it. Uh, remember, you're only 15 feet from that uh, uh, kitchen line, so that you want to give yourself time in there where they don't hit the ball. If you hit it hard, they've got a lot more choices to hit it at you harder coming back, and you're going to get caught halfway in and then then you have to do all kinds of strange stuff so you don't have to hit the ball back hard just hit it back and not quite as high as a lob but you know keep it high and deep and uh, you can get in there and be ready for that drop shot even with bad knees sometimes it's hard to think of not hitting a winner but just hitting a shot that'll buy you enough time to get to the line because a lot of times you're just you know a lot you're always thinking winner it seems like or at least i am Melissa, i'll let you answer that one 
what? Oh, hitting a winner. Yeah. I'm, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) 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 Uh, So I, you know, I'm always strategically looking, how can I get to that line, um, without them hitting a winner back by me on my way up? I like what Coach Mo said. Uh, I think about it a lot when I play now. He he said that when you're when you're not at the line, your only job is to get to the line, and then when you're at the line, you can actually focus on winners. Then and that that piece of advice has really helped me. Yeah, it is a good piece. And one of the things remember, pickleball is an easy sport. Just get it over in the court last, over the net. <laughs> yeah. uh, how you get it over that net is is what determines the whole rally. So. The main thing is, is what you're comfortable with. Now, you got these young guys that can hit it back hard, and they could be up to that line, and, you know, before my eyes blink. Mm-hmm. And you got the old folks like us, I can't get up to the line that fast. So you have to do a little bit more to understand. Uh, philosophy I teach more than anything is, is, and, uh, is, I don't teach all the players to win the point all the time. I teach them to make the other side lose the point. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another philosophy on it, uh, and you can do that by strategy by doing strategy. Too many people do an unforced error, trying to slam it in on their way in, or you know, to the line, or before they get to the line. So there's you know, there's just it all depends. If you're in the wind, the hard hitters have an advantage uh, over the soft players because you know they can hit through the wind. I mean, there's all it, it's just not a there's not a blanket answer. How's that? Fair enough. We're answering listener questions today. Let's go to the phones, Chris. This is Rich from Kansas City. I love your podcast. My question has to do with the topic uh, of different tactics for playing outdoor pickleball versus indoor pickleball. Uh, I know the wind and some other factors apply, but can you tell us some differences in tactics or strategy that we should uh, try to uh, use? Thank you. Well, thank you for calling in, Rich. And a reminder that anybody can call the Pickleball Hotline anytime you want. It's standing by 24-7 for you. And that number is one eight triple five pb show That's one eight five 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 pb show We were just talking about the difference between playing indoors and outdoors and the wind and other elements. Are there specific strategies? Uh, if, you're, if you're going to a tournament that's indoors, do you adopt a different strategy than when you're going to go play in an outdoor tournament, Melissa? Mm, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, the wind being a bigger factor, at, at, a lot of times indoors, you have more room uh, between the courts as well. Uh, indoor, I think, is a little more challenging, at least it has been for me, because uh, you're dealing with multiple lines uh, on the floor. You're dealing with glare on the floor. You don't really have the outside uh, elements, if you will. But once you can get through uh, being able to see exactly where the pickleball court is, I, I think there might be some advantage in actually being able to execute some of your shots a bit better than maybe you can outdoors because you don't have the uh, weather elements that you're dealing with, whether it is uh, the sun or the wind. Um, You know, uh, if you're playing outdoors, you can use the sun to your advantage as well, though, especially if you want to throw up a lob shot to your opponent with the sun uh, in their eyes to try to get an advantage that way. Mm-hmm. Wayne, do you give any advice to when you're training referees uh, to, to calling a game indoors versus outdoors? Any differences there? No, you still have to enforce the rules one way or the other. But the indoor, the she's 100% correct. The other, but the other problem on the indoor is the lighting, fluorescent lighting. Sometimes it's harder to pick up the ball. The indoor ball is a slower ball, so you have more lobbing. All the balls are, are equal size holes. They're not like the outdoor ball, which has two sides of hole. Mm-hmm. But the indoor strategy, I, my personal feeling is the outdoor game doesn't do much for the indoor game, but the indoor game 
creates patience in the outdoor game. The rallies last much longer because the ball is a little slower. And as far as the lines are concerned, uh, yes, multiple lines. But when you have practiced a lot, you know there's two things in your mind you know when you're a higher-level player. You know if the ball, if your foot touches the kitchen line, even by an inch, you have that mental feeling. And the second thing is you know if the ball's in or out on the other side. So therefore, you start guiding through the lines. And, you know, the lines are, are at first are intimidating, but after a while, you, it's just like back outdoors. You know when you hit a good shot and when you didn't. So If you the opportunity affords itself, if you're an outdoor player that uh, know you're heading somewhere to play indoors, if you have the opportunity to go early and make that adjustment, it's well worth the time. Mm -hmm. uh, vice versa, if you're going from indoor to outdoor, especially if you're going uh, to an outdoor area in which you're at a higher elevation and the ball tends to, to take a flight a lot easier, if you have the opportunity to get there a, a day or two earlier to make those adjustments, it'll certainly help. Um, help your game so yeah it's amazing how how the just the difference in the sound that the ball makes when it hits that that can throw you off your game it seems like and it really is nice when you have some extra time to get used to that you know a lot of the outdoor players when they start at playing indoor they think they can't hit it out <laughs> because the ball, you know the ball doesn't travel as far and you know when they come outside and when the indoor players come down here to arizona and play that, you know, they're, they're lobbing and they're lobbing past the end line. It takes them, like Melissa said, it takes them a good day to make that adjustment because the ball's a heavier and a harder ball on the outside mm -hmm. and you have the outside elements too. So, you know, the main thing is, is trust in what you've taught yourself and your hits. But personally, I don't know about Melissa, personally, I like the indoor game much better than I like the outdoor game, but I live outdoor. I don't know. I've only played indoor uh, two, three times now, and it uh, it's a big adjustment. At least it has been for me. But I have met others who much more prefer the indoors. I think it's you know pickleball is so much about touch, and when you go indoors, you do have to hit it a lot harder to get it deeper, and then you're trying to make that adjustment then on your soft shot with your dink, and it's it it can be difficult to make that transition. Well, Rich, thank you again for the call. Let's go to Glenda now in Fresno, California. Glenda wrote to us via email, and Glenda says, We use yellow balls where I play, and some of the players use yellow paddles, which makes it hard to see the ball sometimes. I think yellow paddles should be outlawed, Glenda writes. Do you? What do you guys think? That, uh, you know, when you have a paddle head that's the same color as the ball, it's easy to lose it in there. Uh, and I know some guys wear, they show up wearing their uh, yellow shirts and, you know, they, they try to get a shirt that matches the color of the ball, uh, especially when they're playing in tournaments. So what do you think about that? Go ahead, Melissa. I'll let you tackle that one first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This one I don't like to t touch too much um, because where does that line stop? I mean, you change the color to green, and then you can you not have green paddles? Can you not wear green shirts? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know that I play. Uh, I have a yellow paddle. I've played with people who have yellow paddles, people who've worn yellow shirts, and I just have not had the issue picking up the ball that some people uh, indicate that they have. I think if you try to change the color of the ball, then it, the problem just follows it. It's it, with whatever color you try to change it to. It's a slippery slope, isn't it? It really is. Well, I agree with Melissa 100%. We can't, we can't have rules within rules. You just, uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm one of the guys, I'm one of the guys that when they first started coming on the old paddles, I couldn't pick up, because I like to pick up the spin on the ball, you mm -hmm. know, because you adjust and, and it gets you set up for the next shot. And I wasn't picking up the ball. 
uh, the spin on the ball, but then after a while, you just, you do, you know, and again, that comes from playing and playing and playing. And that's the mental side of the game. If you allow that to bother you, then you're not learning pickleball. You're letting something deter you from getting a becoming a better pickleball player because you're complaining about something that's not going to change. Yeah. They're not going to change the clothes. They're not going to change the uh, the yellow paddles. It should not be outlawed. And Lewis is 100%. You don't want to touch on that too much because where does it stop? Well, thank you, Glenda, for writing in, and we appreciate that. Let's head up to the land of 10,000 lakes right now. Hello, my name is Paul, and I'm calling from Minnesota, where pickleball keeps us warm even when it's below zero outside. (laughs) I really appreciate the podcast. Having it available first thing Monday morning gets the week off to a real good start. Here's my question. I would really like you to share the best method or option for rotating in the next foursome after a game has been completed. It seems like each venue where I play has their own system of lining up the paddles of the individuals waiting to play. In your estimation, what works best or what system would you recommend? Thanks a lot. Thank you, Paul, for calling in. We appreciate that. Yeah, I've uh, played in, in different systems. I guess the most common is the the laying your paddle down, uh, which I don't like because a lot of times if I'm waiting, I want to go practice my third shot or do something with my paddle. Have you guys run into a system that seems to work better than others? I, I don't know. People have their preference. Some systems uh, people have, you know, two that stay on, that one they stay on and split, two others come on. I personally like four on and four off, and I think you have to have some sort of method. So if you have, we see people put paddles on fences, people have built paddle racks, uh, put those paddles up at the uh, courts, and so that when they come off, the others can come on. So all I could say for you, uh, Chris, if you want to practice, you might just want to get a second paddle. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Well, you have to look at whether it's a club club round robin or if it's a uh, you know uh, someplace that uh, is an open play like you know a city courts or something like that i i like the four on four off if there's 10 to 15 people waiting uh if there's not i like the two on and split uh again if you're in a club environment where you got 10 to 15 of your people waiting to play nobody wants to wait you know so four on four off to me is exciting it, uh, especially if it's in a drop drop in format where you know you got you're all at the same level or whatever. Uh, four on, four off gets you on quicker. And, uh, of course, if you got 48 courts, that, you, that really gets you back on the court within a few minutes of, of when you come off. But if there's nobody waiting, maybe two or three or four people, I like the other side, which is split. We don't do the paddle so much. Uh, that in a club environment, you have your names on a magnetic strip that you put that down, you know, you know who's next in line and somebody always teams... You always have the person that goes out and starts monitoring, calls the court open enough. So there is no tried and true method. It's it's um, whatever works for you and how many people you have waiting on the sideline. Gotcha. All right, let's go to an email question now. And this is from Becky in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And Becky writes, if someone lobs over my head, when should I get it? And when should my partner get it? And we switch sides. So what's a, a good determination if somebody somebody does the lob? When do you do the, the triangle move? And then when do you just go back and get it? Is there a, a rule that uh, people pretty much subscribe to? 
Well, I know for me, I come from a tennis background, and so I tend to subscribe to a rule, um, and that is if the lob is going over my partner's head, I'm going to go to retrieve the lob and tell my partner to switch. And then once you switch, then you need to stay in that position. Uh, don't go back because if you do that, then you tend to leave big open spots onto the court. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, how I would cover the lob. And then you also need to know whether or not your partner has the ability to cover the lob at all. And because if they don't, then you've got to cover the lob no matter which direction it's going, whether it's going over your head or their head. What have you found, Wayne, in uh, championship play? Well, in championship play, you know, most guys like me, old and slow, and, guys, and people like Melissa, you know, young and fast, there's different, there's different things. But like outside, if, if uh, you're looking up, and they lob it over your head, and you look direct, directly into the sun. You can't see the ball. Mm -hmm. If if that's a you know that's another tactic, but your partner looking at it from the side has a better view. So you have to trust in your partner saying, "I got it," and that comes under communication between you and your partner. Mm -hmm. uh, for loud, there's no set rule to do it other than the environment, what's what you're working in, and also uh, you know, are you fast or slow? <laughs> 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 I I you. You know, and I also tell people if it's a high lob and you're older like I am, I don't use the triangle method. I use the question mark method. <laughs> <laughs> that means you, you loop back, let it, you know, you don't have to take the lob out of the air. You know, you can let it, but, but your partner has to come back with you. But uh, I call it a question mark because I do kind of a round circle and I come back and, you know, I keep my head down, especially if I'm looking into the sun and I let it bounce. And it's just like starting over from the third shot on the serve. You know, you, you uh -huh. can drop it, hit it hard, or lob it right back. So it's it's not a given that you have to hit a lob out of the air. Right. Yeah, I tend to prefer the triangle uh, either way, whether I got lobbed on or if I'm the partner, just because I feel like the partner has just a, a much better beat on the ball. And uh, just I'd rather them get it and switch or I go get it and we switch. But uh, that tends to work. That to me, if I if I uh, had a partner that I played with constantly, I think that would just be 100 percent the way that we did it all the time. It's yep. a great question, and more and more people are getting effective at the lob, so I think knowing how to defend against the lob is something we all need to probably practice more. Oh, mm -hmm. God, yeah, yeah. I've had some some lobs on me where it's like, oh, no, I totally got this in the air, and it's just like a quarter of an inch above the edge of my paddle, and it's like, oh, how could how could he have gotten that so perfectly over my head? And, be, and before it hits the ground, you look across the net, and you go, nice shot. <laughs> <laughs> we all done that one. You don't even know either one. You're going to go back and get it. So you just, especially if you're old and slow. Yeah. The, the worst is when you try to get it out of the air and then, but you miss it totally. You whiff it and then it bounces and you think, oh, I've got a second chance and then you miss yeah. it again. <laughs> you know how to get by that? I'll tell you how to take that spotlight right off of you. What do you do? You get up and you get this big grin on your face. You point across the net and you go, great shot and everybody's watching your hand pointing across the net <laughs> you know? so that saves that face from getting red so there's a way to get out of that <laughs> i'm going to use that one i'm definitely going to remember that and put that in my arsenal there my bag of tricks because <laughs> i need that one a few times a day i think yeah that's one, man you want the attention to go to the other side so you point a great shot you guys over there you know and you shake your finger a little bit and everybody tends you know it's just like everybody tends to go where the finger's pointing <laughs> good advice 
<sighs> well, I think the the, uh, the 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 big hand on the clock is pointing up and we're out of time right now. But I want to thank you both for joining us on this listener question edition of the Pickleball Show. And uh, you guys are great. Thank you so much, Wayne. We appreciate it and look forward, as always, to uh, to seeing you either refing on the court or my favorite is hearing you calling the games uh, with the Nationals coming up and, and the rest of them. Uh, I love it when you're on there and giving your commentary and uh, just makes the game even more fun. And you and Melissa make a great team on the air. I want everybody to know, uh, I know Melissa. She's a wonderful player. I just like it. She's always got a good smile, very intense when she's playing. But always, she's never angry or getting. I just enjoy being around you, Melissa. Yeah, I have to second that. You are a pleasure to work with, Melissa. And uh, great attitude. Pickleball's lucky to have you. Well, I appreciate it. Lucky to have you guys both. And uh, the respect here with Wayne is absolutely mutual. If I step on the court to play a match and he's going to be my referee, then I know the best match possible is going to be called. It may not be the best match played by me, but he will call it perfectly. (laughs) When you guys get to play pickleball, I'll take care of everything else. There you go. Guys, thank you again. Enjoyed it. And we'll talk with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris. Tournament update on the way. It's the Pickleball Show. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Let's check in with the other half of PickleballTournaments.com here on the Pickleball Show. It's Melissa's brother, Greg Thompson. Greg, how you doing out there today? Oh, hey, we're just doing our thing out here in Arizona with all the pickleball that you can handle, but the tournaments are starting to move out of here as the weather warms up, and we're in the Midwest with the Mix It Up in May tournament. Oh, I like the sound that of that. Is... Mix It Up in May. Sounds like Rumble in the Jungle or one of those uh, yeah. Ali Frazier fights. The Thrilla <laughs> in Manila. The Thrilla in Manila. This is the Mix It Up in May tournament. It's coming May 1st through the 3rd from Howell, Michigan. Uh, Nancy Fritch is the tournament director for this one. They are going to be playing with the green balls indoor at this tournament. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out we love indoor play and the green balls just add a little bit of spice to the game those green balls Uh, always remind me of those little guys in toy story the uh the little the the claw guys that you know getting picked (laughs) up the little alien guys the claw it's the claw (laughs) sounds good where else we headed northwest to the walla walla ymca tournament walla walla y walla walla y just the name itself makes you smile don't it i mean you can just it's a, it, and what I've, if memory serves correctly, Walla Walla YMCA here in Walla Walla, Washington is the second biggest YMCA in the country. I believe that is a correct fact, Chris. Go to Walla Walla and that. play some pickle balla balla. <laughs> the Walla Walla pickle balla tournament. Where's that? Uh, what's the uh, deadline for that one? Uh, the deadline for that one is April 19th. Play dates are May 2nd and May 3rd. Again, the Walla Walla YMCA Pickleball Tournament. 
being put on by Dave Gibson as the tournament director in Walla, Walla, Washington. That sounds like fun. Check it out if you're up in uh, that uh, Pacific Northwest area. Greg, thank you. We'll check in with you soon. Hey, thanks again to Wayne Mugley for joining us and Melissa McCurley, as always, from PickleballTournaments.com. We are thankful that you joined us as well, and we'd love for you to go over to iTunes if you think it's appropriate and leave us one of those coveted five-star reviews that helps boost us up in the rankings, really makes it a lot easier for pickleball lovers around the world to find the show. Give us a call whenever you want. We're open 24-7. The number is one 855 pb show That's one 855 pb show Mail at pickleballshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. My name is Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.